0: Well, she's incredibly understanding of my, um, of my mistakes. That's that. Is that not true? Yeah. Yeah, she's a lot of forgiveness there. Uh huh. And she tends to teach me a lot. Maybe. Yeah, Yeah, is high up on her agenda where it wasn't on mine. Yeah. So having to sort of deal with that has been quite hard. Sure. She's really smart. Yeah. I would, she can help with. I, I do. Yeah,
1: yeah, good, good. Yeah, yeah, but they, they. They at home, not, talk, not talking to me too much, but they, um, the bigger one, the odds one, they prefer to playstation, you know, play with the playstation more than me, you know.
0: I want them to tell me everything, but sometimes they tell me stuff. I don't
1: really want to know because I'm supposed to be dad. I'm not your mate, but I'd rather
0: they tell me stuff than mm-hmm. feel that they can't tell me stuff. If anything bad happens, then they've got no one to run to. So, yeah, that's what I think.
1: Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's sons, by keeping all his statutes With his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly. As the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates.
0: Welcome to you. Pleasure to be speaking to you today. If you're watching this at the Clarendon Centre site or Oasis or online as well. We have reached the end of our Your People series. I hope you've enjoyed journeying through it with us. Uh, Each week we've looked at a different uh, relationship that we might have in life and some of them might have been more directly relevant to you than others. But our intention has been to show how Jesus Christ brings transformation to all the different types of relationships that we have in life and so I hope it served you in that way. The message today is called Your Kids and uh, I think it's a particularly Uh, Important one, particularly in the season that we have been in, it's not been an easy season for parents through this pandemic, through various lockdowns. I'm sure there are many weary parents watching this today through lockdowns, maybe having to uh, homeschool children or parenting teenagers who perhaps have particularly found uh, the isolation uh, difficult and that sort of thing. Also, just for myself, I am a parent. And uh, it's a very humbling experience to uh, speak to you all uh, about this topic of parenting. I have two boys who are five and two. And so I am very much at the beginning of this parenting journey. We're making lots of mistakes and have lots to learn. And I'm certainly not bringing this teaching today uh, for you as learn from me. I'm doing this perfectly. This is trying to get to grips with what the Bible has to say to us on this topic for us to be all. Uh, shaped and to learn uh, from it. But what I can say from personal experience of being a parent is I know that what parents need most of all is encouragement, equipping and envisioning. And many of you who who will be watching this who are not parents, I want to encourage you to be an encouragement to the parents uh, around us in our church family here because parenting is difficult. And as I said, it's been particularly difficult and they do not get thanked enough. The their children are very ungrateful for all that they sacrifice for them. And so you can play a role in helping by encouraging them, telling them well done, telling them you're doing great, helping them in practical ways as well. Let's be a family and own this message, but own one another in those areas of particularly encouragement and helping supporting Uh, as well. And so my aim today is to make this message uh, an encouragement to parents and also there'll be stuff in there hopefully to equip you and to envision you in the busy day-to-day life of parenting children. It can be easy to lose that sense of where are we going with this? What is the actual goal of parenting? What are we called to in this? And I want to bring something of that today as well. You will have heard that the scripture that we've just been listening to from Deuteronomy 6 might be a surprising one to go from. And maybe you think, oh, right, we're doing a parenting message from Deuteronomy. That's the Old Testament. That's the Lord. It talks about the commands of God. You might think this is going to be something of a heavy message. Well, I want to approach this from uh, maybe from someone that gives us some perspective on how to, Uh, receive and think about the commands, the teaching of God, the instruction of God from all the Bible, whether that's the Old Testament or the New Testament. Psalm 1 says that the person who meditates on the law of God, who meditates on it, who gets to the heart of God's instruction is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. God's intention to speaking to us about who he is, about his ways and the instruction to parents to teach and train their children in his ways and in his goodness is for flourishing and for blessing. Now, of course, when we approach passages, particularly in the Old Testament and we see the commands of God, if we approach them without Jesus, they are going to be standards that we're never going to reach and they will crush us. But Jesus helps us to understand how we should receive the commands of God because he has taken the punishment and taken upon himself the ways we have fallen short but, and brings us to the heart of God, brings us to know the giver of the commands, the Father who loves us and is for us. And through Christ, we can receive God's teaching to us and God's instruction even to us in a way that is a blessing and actually is life-giving and flourishing. God wants us to know his blessing and that's why he teaches us. And therefore, that is why he gives parents to teach their children in his ways. Yes, to bring discipline. Yes, to bring correction, bring the right way to live, Why? Because he wants children to flourish in all that he has made for them. And it's important we understand these things in that way. Even we see them in the passage here. God says, follow my ways that your days may be long, that it may go well with you, that you may multiply greatly and flourish in a land flowing with milk and honey. That is actually why God has given his instruction to his people right the way through the Bible. And it's a humbling thing, perhaps, to recognize that God so loves, if you're a parent, God so loves your kids, He has given them you as their parent. That can feel like a burden, but it's also because He wants you to bring His teaching, His instruction, His ways into their life for your blessing and for their blessing. Let's look again more closely at a couple of verses from Deuteronomy that we've just heard, because that's really where I'm going to base most of the teaching today. Verse 5, 6, and 7, it says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Perhaps the best way to understand what this teaching looks like in practice is to think about Jesus with his disciples and I'm going to want to draw from that in what I have to say today because this passage Deuteronomy 6 verse 7 it says there you know it tells us to take the words of God and teach them to our children when we talk with them when we sit with them when we walk with them at breakfast time at bedtime Jesus the word Of God came to be with his disciples, to talk with them, to sit with them, to walk with them at breakfast time and at bedtime. What's he doing? He's training his disciples in the ways of God. And that provides an example, a model, a way of us understanding what this command looks like in practice. And there are three imperatives in these verses, three things to do. Love. Teach, and then the walking, talking. And so that's going to be the three uh, main focuses of this message. Firstly, love. Last week, we were thinking about uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus actually quotes uh, from this passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6, talking about love for God. And last week, we were thinking about love for God and therefore love for our neighbors. And that order is important that our relationship to God is something that our relationship with other people flows into. God comes first, love God first of all. The relationship with God is primary and then our relationship with other people flows out of that. And that's the same when it comes to parenting and we see that here. First, love God. That's not something that is easy. (laughs) especially when you've got kids, especially perhaps when you've got young kids. It can feel like your parenting. I know I've felt this. My parenting of my kids, my time with them is actually their, their needs are taking me away from my time with God and cultivating a devotional life and being in the Bible and seeking God in prayer and worshiping him and actually enjoying God's grace in my life. That can feel like a tension between parenting and doing that. But I want to put this out first and foremost because it's important to recognize that and recognize where we are in that balance. You see, Jesus, in his teaching and training of his disciples, what do we see in the Gospels? We see, well, Luke 5, 16, for example, Jesus frequently withdrew from his disciples. He went away from them. He left them in order to pray, in order to be with his father. That's important. I want to say to us as parents, you are loving your children when you withdraw from them in order to cultivate your relationship with God, to receive from God, to spend time with him and drawing strength and drawing his love into your life. The best parents are those who are parented by God and come under his parenting regularly. You will be so much more a blessing to your children when you receive regularly the blessing of God. And that can be a tension. That's difficult. And church family, we can help families and parents in this. Help them, whether it's on a Sunday serving in kids work or whatever, in order that parents can be in the meeting and receive uh, worship time and receive teaching and be part of it there. And other times in the week as well looking after children, in order that parents get healthy time to be with Jesus, we can help one another in this. Not only for parents is it spiritual fuel for you to do your parenting, and that's why it's important, but also your time, even when time we're taking away from your kids, in order to be with Jesus in a more specific and devoted Way is actually an example. It speaks something to your kids about what is important in your household. Many, many times, even in this church, I've heard of people talking about how forming in their life was seeing their parents praying. As children, seeing their parents, maybe early in the morning, seeing them praying or seeing them at the priority of church or something like that, even at times that they were maybe not walking with Jesus themselves uh, as kids. But actually that provocation of, oh, this really is important. <laughs> Jesus really does come first in my mom's life or my dad's life. That speaks something. I want to encourage you as parents to live your spiritual life in front of your children. Not just Don't just tell them that God's important. Show them by what that you do. I wonder how much of what the disciples learned from Jesus, of course, was from what he said. But also the decisions that he made, the way he used his time, the way he spoke to people the way he interacted. And our kids need to see our spirituality. They need to see us praying. They need to see us in the Bible. They need to see our generosity. They need to see us forgiving one another. They need to see us getting things wrong and seeking forgiveness. They need to see us walking in grace and showing that grace to one another. Giving, being generous, worshipping, being in church, all those sorts of things. It speaks to them about what is important. That actually in a Christian household, God is important, the most important. And even just saying that, maybe that seems obvious to you, but actually that's a quite a counter-cultural thing to say. Because when we think about this topic of parenting, much of maybe what the world wants to tell us is that the best way that we can love our kids is to do our best to meet their needs in every way, to prioritize their happiness, to make sure that they are fulfilled and that their dreams and ambitions and whims and whatever we are meeting. That is the way that we love them as parents. That's not what the bible teaches us to do that's not what god calls parents to do but we can fall into that trap maybe maybe you are prone to idolize your kids that your life actually revolves around them that you're doing everything you can for them it's not actually that healthy for them and it's not actually healthy for you either The goal of making my kids happy. No, that's not what God called you to do. God has given us a structure for family life where God comes first. He is most important. He is the authority. And also he has given parents authority. There's God, the order is God, and then parents and then kids. And that kids are to submit to parents. And as parents, we need to teach our children That actually, it's like, I want, my, I want my boys to know that they are loved, that they are valued, that are affirmed in who they are. But I also need them to know that they are not the most important people in the world. You know, one of the ways that we can show them the ways of God is to understand that we come under God. We are made to follow him, not affirm every selfish whim that our children may have. That is actually the best way for us to love them. God comes first. So that's love. What about teach? Parents, we need to teach. We need to train. Diligently teach them, this passage says. We need to train a child's heart in the ways of God and the gospel. Moral formation is crucial. And again, even just saying that, apparently that is something that is becoming increasingly controversial to say in our day and age. There's a recent uh, sort of Twitter storm that uh, I came across where a head teacher uh, in London, quite a prominent head teacher, they tweeted something about uh, original sin, basically saying that it exists, that actually children uh, need to be trained morally need to understand between uh, right and wrong and and they are prone to do wrong and and, and be wrong. And this actually faced huge backlash from many notable people wading into this debate. And there was one response uh, to this from a member of the Scottish Parliament, actually, Neil Gray, he replied with a reply that I think sums up many people's attitude when it comes to children and, and, and who they are and how we should understand them. He said this, children are not born bad, children are born good. And I would suggest trauma, poverty, adverse childhood experiences and negative influence of adults are what drive negative behavior into adulthood. And this seems to be an idea that's increasingly popular that actually children are are good, but it's the, the world that corrupts them. And the implication is, if we just affirm our children, if we protect them from these negative influences, if we let them follow their dreams and their desires, that's what we need to do as parents in order for them to flourish. That is not a biblical idea. Neil Gray goes on to say, we must nurture and protect our children, not stigmatize them from birth. Well, okay. do we need to nurture our children? Yes, we do. Do we need to protect our children from abuse? Absolutely. Should we stigmatize them from birth? No, of course we shouldn't. But that doesn't mean we need to go along with an unfounded and frankly absurd view that children are intrinsically good and we just need to affirm them and, and just protect them and that's all that we need to do. No, no, no. The Bible says something radically different. The Bible says, Everyone is made in the image of God. And so, yes, there is goodness there. But the Bible also says everyone is corrupted by sin. That humanity has a disease of sin that we're all inflicted by. And so in every child, adult, whoever, there's goodness and there's also sinfulness. And therefore, children need to be trained to recognize that sinfulness We see this in the fact that we don't, you don't have to teach a child to do wrong. I mean, the the MSP who made this comment, I looked him up, apparently he's got four kids. I would love to meet his kids, it must be amazing. But I know with my kids, there's evidence of their sinfulness from a very early age. You know, I've got a two-year-old Noah who is incredibly cute and sweet and lovely and butter would not melt in his mouth except that it does. (laughs) And he is also stubborn and selfish and finds it amusing to inflict pain on other members of our family, including myself sometimes. And perhaps Neil Gray might say, well, that's just uh, a child not knowing any better and that's innocent. But it's not, it's actually... (laughs) Evidence of the innate selfishness within everyone. And we can call it different names. But it's the same selfish instinct that is cute at two. It's naughty at six. It's problematic at 12. And it's destructive at 16. No, no, children need parenting. Children need to be disciplined. They need to recognize the wrongness that's not just out there but that's in here and trained away from that. Children need teaching and training. But teaching in what then? Training in what? What are we training them towards? What are we training them in? It's a good question to ask. And in the busyness of parenting, sometimes we don't think about what the goal of our parenting is. What are we trying to do in parenting? What are we aiming towards? Is it good behavior? We want our children to be behave well, to just do the right things, not do certain wrong things. Another tempting goal in parenting is to parent towards just having some peace and quiet. And this is tempting in my parenting. I step in and intervene and parent my children in order to be quiet because I just want a bit of peace and quiet. That is not a good motivation for parenting. It's not what I am called to to do in my parenting. But it's good if you, uh, uh, mum and dad speaking together, what are your goals in your parenting? You know, the Bible doesn't command us to provide a well-rounded education for our kids. The Bible doesn't command us to make sure they have good friendship networks and social experiences. The Bible doesn't command us to make sure they're well equipped for the working world. The Bible doesn't command us that they should have good manners and be polite. The Bible doesn't even command us that they should eat a healthy diet or things like that. Those are all good things. Of course they are. But sometimes we can get locked into just parenting towards those goals and actually neglect the one thing that God has told us to parent towards. The ways of God, the wisdom of God, the person of God in Christ. And so the themes and the things that we need to train our children in is not conformity. It's not moral do's and don'ts. We need to train them in grace. We need to train them in forgiveness. We need to train them in authority and wisdom and foolishness and sin and what it is and love and worship and prayer and who God is and what God has come to do in life and who we are made in the image of God and who, what the world is as made by God. We need to instruct them to see all of life, including themselves, in terms of what God has done and what God has said and who God is and these themes of the gospel. And teach them that the goal of life is to follow Jesus. We have to reflect as parents. It's good to reflect. It's humbling to reflect, but it's good to reflect. Am I parenting my kids towards conformity or am I parenting them towards Christ? It can be messy but it's a such a more wonderful goal. My kids need to know right and wrong, not just as abstract concepts, but because God is good and loves goodness and righteousness. My kids need to know about grace and forgiveness, not because it's the right thing to do, but because God is a God who deals with us in Christ according to his grace. And we find forgiveness in Jesus. And I want to encourage us as parents, always in our parenting, to connect the, the, how we are training them with the reason why. As much as we can, give them the gospel why to the training, to the correction, to the discipline that we are giving them. And in this way, we are outworking what this passage in Deuteronomy 6 describes in every area of life, day to day, ongoing. We're talking about the ways of God. We're bringing God and the gospel right into the constant communication of our household. Let's get a bit more into the doing then, the doing of the parenting, the walking and talking, as I've described. How, how, how do we do that? Well, it's important to say, first of all, that this is look, it will look different in different seasons uh, of life. Parenting our children is going to look different in different seasons of life. I, I picked up a, a way of thinking about it from, I think, Andy Stanley. But I think it's quite helpful to think about the different stages, different ages uh, of our kids and perhaps the, the first five years, zero to five, can be characterized as the discipline years, where we're really instilling some, just some foundations in terms of right and wrong, in terms of authority. And, and, and Jesus, again, let's think about Jesus with his disciples. Jesus certainly did this. Jesus taught them, to do it. this is how it is. <laughs> this is how it is. You've heard it said, but I say to you, this is, that's a way of teaching. Laying those foundations, this is right, this is wrong, this is good, this is who you are. That characterizes those sort of discipline years, uh, early years of, uh, of parenting our children. But I suppose years five to 12, ages five to 12, is more of a training years. And I guess this is more of the things that I've been talking about. We are educating our children in wise choices. If we get the sense of discipline right as a foundation, we can build onto educating them into wise choices, training them in the gospel culture, in honor, in forgiveness, in grace. We're not pushing them towards perfectionism. We're getting them to understand grace and service and the Bible. And this happens in every, every day of life. And again, we see Jesus, yes, he gave some pronouncements. This is the way it is. But he also was drawing out lessons from life. He was also eating with his disciples, serving with them. He let them make mistakes. That's an important part of parenting as well. Not protecting them so much, but letting our children make mistakes. But then constantly communicating in the right way, communicating about that, having an ongoing conversation. At times, Jesus' was, patience was tested with his disciples. How long must I be with you? But his Anger, if it was anger, was towards their sinfulness. But he had empathy and was compassionate towards his disciples. And he didn't pull away from them, but kept pressing in. And the Deuteronomy 6 paints this constant picture of passing on wisdom. And the reason that this ongoing conversation with our children and talking about Grace and talking about the gospel is important in what we're doing and in how we are training them is because our voice as parents is just one voice amongst many that our children, whatever age they are, will hear. They are being influenced right, left and center from friendship groups, YouTube, social media, things that they watch, things that they listen to. And without our voice in the mix, they're going to be influenced by all these other things. But it's important that we are a voice in there, but also helping them to understand and interpret the things that they are listening to, watching, hearing about through the gospel lens. And so it's important for us, even especially in these years, to watch what they watch, to understand what they are receiving from. And then that gives us a basis to have an ongoing conversation. What is, you've heard me talk about the gospel. What's the message from that song? What's the message from that YouTube video? Try and have those conversations. We're talking about the alternative gospels to give them a perspective on life. That is part of training. It's not just saying this is the right thing. It's having a conversation to get them to understand there is different options out there of different truths and different ideas and, think, and showing that you're involved in, in thinking about that with them and talking it through with them. Giving the why, not just the what. So important in our parenting. Always talking about the why. We do this in our household. This is why. This is what God's like. This is the way he leads us. In. This is why sin is not good. This is why sin is destructive. This is why God's righteousness is life-giving. We need to be talking about those messages. It can be a bit cliche. I'll turn this into a teaching moment. And we not get silly about it. But that's what we see in Deuteronomy, a constant conversation with our children. We're involving them in life and helping them to understand this broken world that we live in. It's not just a little slot, right? You need to know this from the Bible. It's journeying with them through life and having that conversation of feeding in the truth of what God is and who he is and who he is to them in the midst of every other message that's going on. So the discipline years, zero to five. The training years, five to 12. And the coaching years, perhaps, you can characterize it, the 12 to, to 18. And again, it's, this is a di- parenting is going to look different. And I'm not there yet. Many of you are. It's going to look different. But I want to encourage you, it's still just as intentional. Parenting doesn't stop. We don't just take our hands off. In a way, we do, because kids don't need us. If they're teenagers, they don't need us to cut their toast in the morning. But they might well, then they do need us to listen to them, and it might be at 10 o'clock at night when you're ready to go to bed, but that's when your kids want to start talking <laughs> about what's going on. And we need to be there. We need to listen. We need to have that conversation. They need to know our affirmation. They need to know what's right and wrong, but they need to know our affirmation. they need to know our love. They need to know that we're a listening ear. We need to journey with them. and so it's going to look different in that season, because we, and we parents, you have to adjust. You have to adjust the way that you parent, but you can be just as intentional. Whatever stage you are at in parenting, it is hard. It is tricky. You won't do it right. And the constant temptation is just to pull, pull away, pull back. That's not what God's called you to. Don't be overbearing, but keep being affirming, loving, listening, keep Parenting, keep parenting. And that happens even in, uh, with uh, adult children as well. 18 plus, the friendship years. If, we, if this is, relationship has is gone well, our influence over our kids will be invited rather than imposed in adult life as well. And that's a beautiful dynamic too. I guess what I'm saying is parenting is important. Let's keep pressing in, keep listening, keep loving, keep guiding, keep speaking about the wisdom of God. I need to wrap this up here, but I just want to say one or two final things because it's important to acknowledge that, you know, for me with my boys, I I do have a vision. I I know what I want for them in their life and I try and parent according to those principles. I don't always get it right, but that's what I'm going after. But also it's worth saying that there are no guarantees. We can actually do all this stuff right. And many of you have done that and still Your kids have have walked away, walked away from you, walked away from God as well. And that's tough. We think of Jesus with the disciples, not even Jesus' disciples all continued following him. Some walked away. And this reminds us that this is a faith journey. It's a faith journey. God calls us to parent and we own that process. But actually, we also have to trust him for, for the results For the fruit to come that only God can bring. That's that's really tough. It's really tough when we don't see the evidence of it. But it drives us to our knees. And parents, we do always do our best parenting on our knees. And this reminds us it's a faith journey. But I know for some, many, if not all of us as parents, we can feel like we have failed. We can feel like we have not taught our kids and and our relationship with our kids has been difficult and maybe that's you today I feel that you have failed in this I want to encourage you and remind you that God has not asked you to be perfect he's not asked you to be imperfect but my encouragement to you is just to keep keep showing up (laughs) keep showing up for your kids The temptation is to pull away. When we've got teenagers that complain, when we've got toddlers or whoever that won't listen, when we've got our kids' attitude just doesn't, seems impossible to change. Parents, I want to encourage you to keep keep showing up. Keep loving. Keep pressing in. They don't thank you enough. They won't acknowledge the sacrifice that you make for them. And it's in those moments we draw down again on the love of God and we keep loving, and we keep speaking the truth, and we keep pressing in. Your kids are not going to remember individual mistakes that you've made or things that you didn't do quite right, but they will remember that you kept showing up for them, that you kept loving them in the good times, in the bad times, when it was easy and when it hurt. And in that, parents, you are showing them, you are displaying the love of God. Jesus came down to be with his disciples, to show them the Father. And Jesus trained them. Yes, he did, because he cared for them. But he also was there for them. And ultimately, he laid down his life. For his disciples and for us as well, to demonstrate this is how much God the Father loves you. Parents, we have an amazing calling to demonstrate that kind of sacrificial love. And even if it, go, it seems to fall on deaf ears, God is honored by that sacrifice. You are showing the persistent, steadfast, ongoing love of God. That's what God is like. He is a father. He wants us to know his love. His love is persistent. His love is costly. In order to love you, Jesus hung on a cross. So my encouragement to you as parents is hang in there. Hang in there in the grace of God. and Keep loving because he has kept on loving you. Amen.